I'm Holly Holdren for AM860, The Answer. And I'm on. This is Dr. Billy, your radio MD. <clears throat> oh, excuse me, I got a frog in my throat here, guys. We're doing a show, and we're talking about all kinds of things. And Ken wanted to talk about... Good morning. <laughs> morning, Doctor. How are you today? Doing good, man. I'm... I little, think a little froggy, a little froggy so far. Oh, I don't know what happened. I was doing well before the show, and then <coughs> grab we'll a, get it. grab a cup of Joe, take a sip. That'll help. That's always yeah. good. All right, hang on, everybody. You say something, Ken. I will. I will. Welcome to the show, folks. We're going to be here for the next hour talking about not just the virus, which we hit every every week because it's so important. And it's on top of everybody's mind, of course. And we have some new developments always with this thing. And then we kind of segue into a little politics towards the uh, end of the show and the second half. So we hope you'll stick with us. Doc is probably the smartest man I ever know. But he has a frog in his throat this morning. Even though I have a frog. <laughs> <laughs> so the the new drug com- coming out is the Paxlovid. And I think this is from Pfizer. And it's uh, two antiviral drugs. One's Nermat. Relvir, Nermatrelvir, and the other is an old-time HIV drug called Ritonavir. And the reason for the HIV drug, Ken, is to stop the first one from being broken down. It, it kind of acts as an enhancer in that it keeps it from being broken down so it'll be more effective and get into the cells and, and do its thing. So this uh, is working. It's working not only for the alpha, beta, gamma, and delta, but also for the Omicron. It's going to be expensive, though. You know, it's going to be a five-day uh, dosage is going to be over $500. So Whoa. it's going to be costly, and I don't know who's going to pay for it. I don't know if uh, if uh, Papa Joe is going to pick it up or if you're going to have to come out of pocket or the insurance companies, and there'll be limited amounts of it. You know, it's going to take a while to crank up production. Similar, and, to, the, similar to the virus when it first came out as well. But it's, it's just a long-term um, application? Do you have to take this for a long time or just for like four or five days? Five days. Oh, that's it. Okay. That's it. Five days. Uh, just like you take uh, all stimulator, you know, Tamiflu for the influenza, you take it for five days or three days and that's it. And of course, it's not going to be effective if you don't get it early, just like the, the anti-flu, uh, Tamiflu drug. So these antivirals, which have just been developed in the basically in this century, uh, they're rapidly evolving and coming out with new antivirals. And this this should be a good thing. Uh, it's going to be for people that are, are at high risk for hospitalization, uh, have a recent infection, and uh, you want to keep them out of the hospital. <clears throat> so it's not for in-hospital use. It's outpatient. It is oral. And this is an adjunct to the uh, Regeneron, uh, which is the anti antibody serum that we can inject into you or shoot under your skin. Uh, that seems to work fairly well. And by the way, that still has activity against Omicron. Now, Omicron <clears throat> is uh, fast becoming uh, the the virus of the world, Ken. It's taking over everywhere. Even the Chinese have seen a small outbreak and they're locking everybody down again. And like uh, the Olympics coming up, they're scared to death. Well, you know, they're not going to have the Olympics. I mean, they can't. <laughs> it doesn't look like it now. Nah, I don't think so. 
And plus, I think we're going to boycott. Canada's going to boycott. And Japan will probably boycott. Um, so we'll start seeing a lot of countries boycotting. Uh, the Europeans, who knows? You know, they're sheep. They'll probably follow what we do eventually. But you got to get your stick out and beat them a little bit. <laughs> Joe doesn't know how to do that. <laughs> he doesn't understand what a stick is. <clears throat> I think that he thinks that we're going to be annexed by China in the next couple of years. So he's figuring, well, we might as well just get, get, get the country used to it. <laughs> But anyway, but back to the therapeutics for a second. Is this a game changer? If, yes. Once they wrap it, once they got the you know production ramped up and all that. Yes and no. I mean, you know, still if you get a third dose of the vaccine, uh, you'll have adequate protection against Omicron. Uh, two doses, if it's been more than than a couple of months, you're not going to have antibody levels high enough to be too effective. But the good thing about the Omicron is that it does not have the ability because the, uh, the tail or the spike protein has, uh, has morphed so much that now it cannot attach to the lower airway lungs, the cells in the lower airway in the lungs. It can get your upper airway, and that's why people are having cold symptoms. You know, they're having runny noses and sore throats and fever and chills, and some are having diarrhea and GI, mild GI symptoms, but no lower lung. And that's what kills you is the lower lung. It's when... When you have your lung cells, your little uh, airway cells infected in your lungs and your little sacs, air sacs, your alveoli, then that creates a, a tremendous immune response. And you get all this junk that builds up between your alveoli, your little air sacs, and the little capillaries, the little blood cells that come through there that drop off carbon dioxide and pick up oxygen. And then you can't diffuse those gases back and forth. Uh, because there's too much junk, too much debris, and people die from hypoxia, low oxygen, and right heart failure. Their right heart just can't pump through all that. It it just it, it squeezes out the the arteries and the small blood vessels. So that's that's the big problem. But the good thing about the Omicron is that we're not seeing many deaths from this. In Florida last week, I think we had maybe 30 new deaths, and that was the first week we've had any deaths for several weeks. So that, that's that's unique. And by the way, we're at 0.1% uh, per 100,000 or less than that, obviously, because only 30 deaths and uh, per 100,000 people, that's pretty small. Now, we just heard on the news uh, about five minutes ago that uh, France is locking people in hotel rooms for 10 days once they get there. Is that really necessary? Well, it depends on the hotel. Uh, the <laughs> <amount>. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing me here, guy. <laughs> you set me up there. All right. Good answer, Doc. <laughs> so is it necessary? Um, it's not going to make any difference. This is, you know, the Chinese, they lock, they lock the whole building down. You know, they, they put you in your apartment building and they put a guard out front and <laughs> nobody can come or go. Uh, so uh, that at least according to the Chinese, their very stringent lockdown uh, authoritarian measures have kept their country from having big surges. So they say. Now, we don't know. Uh, and certainly, if I were the head of uh, uh, a province like Wuhan, uh, I would be very cautious about reporting bad news to the central government. <laughs> 
Yeah. Because you might not, they might not keep you around much longer. So, you know, there's obviously going to be some distortion. And one of my friends said, well, isn't Florida distorting? And I said, Nick, I'm in the hospital every day. I see what's going on. We haven't had any big surge in, in admissions and certainly no deaths. I mean, we all talk about it. If we have a death from COVID in the hospital, everybody's talking about it. Because, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's important that we spread that knowledge and information around. So I think that actually this Omicron is going to be a blessing. I think it's going to uh, produce immunity and immunity not only to Omicron, but also to the gamma and the delta and the alpha and the beta strains. But we have seen the biggest spike in hospitalization since uh, January a year ago. I mean, I think we exceeded it. And uh, th that may be frightening to some people, but if we're not seeing the number of deaths and people are getting out of it relatively unscathed because they don't have lower airway problems, they don't have lung problems, uh, then it, it's probably a good thing. Let it rip. I wouldn't put anybody in a hotel room. One of my patients said, what should I do? Should I quarantine? Who tested positive? I said, no, go shopping, cough. <laughs> Run it around. You know, let's get this, let's get this dang thing over with. And so the only we, way we finally have it, uh, we finally have it morphing in a good way. Yeah. And this is, this is a uh, uh, vaccination for idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Really, because you think about it, Ken, you get a little sick and, and then you've got antibodies and then you don't get the more serious Delta or the more serious Alpha. And you can still claim you were never vaccinated. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And you can say, see, I told you that vaccine was no good. So you, and now, you save face and you save your life. And the press is picking up on all this stuff because they're misreading the studies and they're saying, well, the vaccines don't work. Well, yeah, they do. If you get a third dose, it'll slow down the Omicron. It'll help you have a shorter course. And now we've got this new antiviral coming out, and there should be a few more. And I think this is going to be a good thing. But you no know, medication is 100% safe or effective, Ken. There's always going to be a few people that have side effects. And so then the press will glum onto that, and the lawyers will glum onto that, and they'll be suing Pfizer and everybody else. Uh, but uh, what are you going to do? I mean, that's that's our system. It, until, it, it's what they do, you know. Until China, you know, finally annexes us, and then they'll get rid of us. <laughs> they'll, they'll be dead. <laughs> so all the lawyers that are liberals and pushing for the Democrats, they're going to be the first in line to get shot. <laughs> well, let's hope we don't go there, Doc. <laughs> I hope not, but, you know, the Babylon Bee's predicting that yeah. for this well, I'm I'm hoping 22 just turns out to be better than 21 because 21 was a rough year. Well, uh, tell me how it was a rough year for you. You mean because of the virus and because yeah, of all I, the... I, I was just uh, you know not that I don't mind being home. I just I didn't get a haircut for like eight months and things like that. So I was just hesitant to do things and go places, even though I had fully vaccinated in what March and got my booster in October. I still spent I still felt a little hesitant. Not like at the beginning. But I didn't even want to touch a, you know, a handle to put gas in my car, but still cautious. I understand that. And I know a lot of people are afraid, and especially if they have some underlying uh, uh, problems, uh, autoimmune disease or uh, lung disease or diabetes, hypertension. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a reason to be concerned. And we're, we're approaching a million people dead in the United States uh, from the virus or from 
other causes with the virus attached to it. So you got to look at the CDC data very circumspect and with with a with a really scientific eye, Ken, because the the data is COVID-related deaths, not COVID deaths. So there's COVID and flu, there's COVID, and then there's other diseases with COVID. And so, as we've said all along, are you dying from your COPD or are you dying from the COVID? Well, you're dying from a combination of the two. And are you dying from your autoimmune disease or are you dying from the COVID? Well, you're dying from a combination of the two. And we see even with our own uh, co-workers like Steve, uh, the, the havoc that it wreaked on him because of his autoimmune problem. And he's still tired and he still gets short of breath. And that's been what, six, eight months since he was. Yeah. So that that's uh, this, this is a serious thing. By the way, if you die, it doesn't make any difference because that's it. But if you live and you're debilitated, you know, that that's no fun. Um, reason number 74 to get vaccinated. Three. Uh, by the way, did I tell you I took a fourth dose? No, I, I, you hadn't told me that yet. I did. I took it. Uh, I took it. Uh, what was it? Christmas Day or the day after Christmas? I can't remember. Were the antibodies yes. getting a little low? Well, I, you know, I figured that they probably were. Now, I, I didn't want to take a whole dose of Moderna because I didn't want to be sick for two weeks. So I gave myself a dose of Pfizer. The Moderna is 100 micrograms, and the booster shot, they're recommending a half of a dose of, of Moderna, which is 50 micrograms. The Pfizer's 30, and I had a vial open, so uh, a couple of people wanted a, a shot, so I popped myself. And, uh, well, I had one of the nurses pop me, actually. I was at the hospital for this one. I felt bad for a couple of days and my arm hurt and, uh, you know, it was a little, little spacey and off balance, but uh, kind of, I guess just off balance a little, felt not real dizzy, but just a little bit dizzy, but I was still able to ride my bike and do all the things that I do. And so I've had a fourth dose and I think we're going to have to have a fourth dose for those at high risk, unless this Omicron turns out to be the salvation that I think it is. And hopefully it'll sweep around the world and that'll be the end of it. Everybody will have antibodies. Will there be new strains and new variants? Probably. Uh, but will we be immune? That's that's the thing. We already saw that this Omicron will not attach to the lung cells. And as I said all along, Ken, and you probably remember this at the, from the very beginning, I've been saying, if this thing mutates so much that the spike protein can no longer attach to uh, our cells, then it's over. You know, it's mutated itself out of existence. So does that happen often? I mean, uh, I'm, I don't think I've ever heard of that. Yeah, that does happen. It does, you know, yeah. Every virus that humans ever encountered uh, would have killed us. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, but polio is still out there, even though it doesn't we it's not really affecting a lot of people anymore is it still out there it's still out there but it it's not a, a fast dividing uh virus and it's a fairly stable genetic material so and it's a bigger virus too so you know the the smaller the the uh the the more you divide the more rapidly you reproduce uh the more likely you are to have genetic uh mutations so but we'll see what happens. And, and again, I, I really do. I'm, I'm being very serious. I think the Omicron is going to be a blessing uh, and it's going to 
induce immunity in hundreds of millions, billions of people who are under immunized or not immunized at all. And uh, that's that's fine with me. You know, I'd rather have a cold virus running around making us all immune. And that's what we did with uh, the oral polio virus. We just took a, uh, a Sabin weakened the real polio virus to the point where it didn't really infect you much, but it did induce an immune response. And so we all went to school in late 1950s, early 1960s, I don't remember, on a Sunday, and we all got a sugar cube with a drop of the Sabin oral vaccine. I'd already had the Salk IM, uh, but uh, the the idea was that if all the kids, or 85% of the kids got got the sugar cube on Monday, they'd have a mild case of of very weakened polio. And they and it's a respiratory virus, just like uh, the uh, COVID virus, but it attacks the, unlike the COVID virus, it attacks our, our neurologic system. And so on Monday, we all went to school and coughed on the other 15% <laughs> vaccinated. They all got it. So it was a, it was a little trick that, uh, of course, if you do that nowadays, you know, the, the weenies and the wonks would be all over you. Oh, oh, please, you'd be in court. <laughs> you'd be in court. You'd be, they'd string you up. Uh, <laughs> they'd probably give you to the communists ahead of time. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I, I'm glad you're optimistic about this. Very optimistic. I think we've, we've got a, a, a good thing going here. And, uh, so another prediction from the new year from uh, the Babylon Bee is that Pfizer unveils shots four, five, six, seven, and eight this year. So, and oh, by the way, <laughs> Harvard gender studies professor discovers five new pronouns. So think about that. Five new. Five new pronouns. <laughs> okay. Well, good for them. I'm glad somebody's working on that. I had it. I thought that we had enough, but okay. Somewhere between him and her, there's four or five new pronouns. I guess. I guess so. I try not to think about that. All right. Oh, so now, the only thing I think of is cousin it, but you know, from the old cousin. Adams Family show. <laughs> I think they were way ahead of their time. <laughs> way ahead. So the, the 10 states that the Mayo Clinic says are going to have the highest surge, New York, of course, and Florida, of course, they'll pick on us no matter what. Although our death rate is so low. I mean, it's just astounding, really, to me. Illinois, Ohio, Texas, New Jersey, California, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. I did not know Wisconsin made it in there with us. But we did have a big surge the past week or two. There's no doubt about that. No doubt about that at all. It's, you know, if, if the fatalities are way down, that's a good thing. That's you'll you'll recover hopefully if you get it. So, yeah, and you know what, we've got over eight hundred twenty thousand deaths nationally now, uh, COVID related deaths, and we'll probably end up over a million. But you think about it, in a population of three hundred and thirty million people, that's not a big number. It's a big number, and that a million is a big number for somebody who's just one little person like me. But, you know, we used to talk about hundreds of millions of dollars in the in the budget and then billions. And now a billion isn't anything. Now we're on trillions. So these numbers. And we are, talk about them like they're, they're billions. That, that's yeah. the scary part. I will just print another trillion. Yeah. yeah and, you know, I, th I think that what we forget is how how much we've grown both in population and in technology and in uh, uh, financial 
wealth and well-being. And these things are are overshadowed, unfortunately, by all the bad news and all the naysaying and all the nitpicking and uh, all the uh, all the terrible things that people like to hear, Ken, because as you point out, it sells advertisement. That's right. They love that stuff. They want to be scared. They want to, they want to think the worst of everything, and the press plays right into that. Yeah, bring people back for more tomorrow night at 5, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody talks about the fact that we just put a $10 billion telescope that's going to advance our astronomical look at the galaxy and history of a galaxy dating back 13 billion years. We just put that thing in space, but I don't think half the people in the country would even know that. No, they would not. And uh, I, I think that if you tried to talk to someone about that, uh, like many of my neighbors, they'd go, who cares? I know. They're, I, I try. I talk to my daughters about this kind of stuff, and their eyes just glass over like, Dad, you're boring me again. What happened yeah. with the Jonas Brothers? You know, I don't <laughs> – sometimes I think our priorities are a little skewed. I didn't know the Jonas Brothers were still alive. Oh, they are. My, yeah, I got a daughter never misses one of the show. Flies to other cities to see them perform. That's how fanatical she is about them. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> And I think that we have to uh, we have to remind people that even though there are bad things out there, it's still a pretty good world. Uh, I think the biggest threat uh, besides the virus is going to be uh, war with with China, and everybody's lining up against them. Uh, Indonesia, Japan, Taiwan, of course, is in the crosshairs. Uh, South Korea is trying to keep a low profile because they like the business, and I don't blame them. Uh, Vietnam's not happy with them. Australia, Australia, yeah. Malaysia's in the crosshairs. Uh, you know, you got a bunch of countries. India has stationed troops on their border with China because the Chinese were, were trying to move in and take over, I guess, their side of the uh, Himalayas, you know, mm-hmm. and off pieces of the of the peaks, but I don't know why. I don't, what are they going to do with all this territory? They can't hey, even... They just want to explore for, for the minerals. I don't think they're trying to really control. I don't think they're in the control. They just want the minerals. They want the oil. They want the gas. They want, they want the money. Even well, though yeah. they say they're communists, they're, they're pretty into money. Well, I, I think that the, it's really fascism. You know, it's uh, socio-fascism where, and I've, I've used this term before, as you know, on the show, socio-fascism is where you have the state uh, controlling the social welfare of the people but the the private enterprise is still allowed as long as it's private enterprise that the state wants, and uh, both the supply and the uh, and the purchasing of goods remains free within the limits of what the party says or the government says that they will allow you to make. So if they want chips, by God, you're going to make chips. You know, you may get rich doing it, but. That's what they want. If they don't want uh, uh, nerf balls, then you're not going to, you know, they'll find some way to keep you from doing that. They'll close you down. Yeah, it's, yeah. What, it's what the state needs. Yes, exactly. It's what the state needs, and they, the, the, the Chinese communists have realized that free enterprise, somewhat free enterprise, as uh, they have interpreted it, learning from the West, works for them to create a lot of wealth and to uh, lift people out of poverty and, and out of starvation. And, and they're actually doing quite well relative to what they were 50 to 75 years ago. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't have a problem with that. It's just the totalitarianism 
and their desire to ensure that that their way of governing and their way of life is the dominant one on the planet, and that's not going to work. We're not going to put up with that. Well, no, that's how you get into wars in, in this planet. That's so. how you get into wars. And misjudging, you know, the problem with, with somebody like Neville Chamberlain is you give the the idea to a dictator like Hitler that he can get away with whatever he wants. And guess what? He'll turn on you. You know, <laughs> I mean, we we thought we were containing the Japanese before World War II because we cut off oil, we cut off rubber, we cut off chrome. So we started cutting off all the things that we were shipping to them because they were invading China. And we said, that's that's not what we want you to do. If you want our help, if you want our supplies, then you have to get out of China and get out of South Korea. And they said, no. In fact, we're going to come over there and bomb you. And they, <laughs> they and, did. Uh, but they paid a heavy price in the end, and so would China. You can't beat the world. I don't think there's anybody strong enough to beat the world. Well, you know, uh, Genghis Khan came pretty close, but he didn't make it all the way into Europe. He got a little nibble of it, but then they got shut down. But, you know, th this is uh, this is a big country with a big population and very uh, militaristic and regimented. And um, they could do a lot of damage before we took them down. Well, you I mean, if they want to go nuclear, you can I, destroy the I, world. I mean, yeah, you know, well, I don't know if it'd destroy the whole world, but it certainly would would do a lot of damage, you know. You'd, you'd have, it, it would ruin your weekend, Doc. It'd ruin the weekend. You'd have, you know, one or two billion people on the planet uh, killed, and yeah. although the, the world would eventually come out of that and heal and, and recover, I mean, you'd have a tremendous amount of carnage and death and i mean you have to deal with that you have to bury people you have to treat the sick people i mean we'd be overwhelmed and uh, by the way canada now you know they are full their hospitals are packed full everything we've tried to get a patient home with breast cancer who has travel insurance and the travel insurance company said we're happy to bring her home we'll fly her home on a on a uh, um, air ambulance you know a private jet that's not a problem there are no beds and now the doctors and the nurses are all going home sick with the Omicron. They don't have beds. They don't have uh, Ontario and, and Quebec are struggling with their health care worker shortage. And it's it's a mess. Well, that it's is a, sad because you got people with absolute, you know, like you say, a woman has cancer. She needs to get home and get treated. And the fact that she can't get into the hospital is just. Uh, very sad because people don't get, didn't get vaccinated. Is the vaccination rate up there any better than it is here? No, because they started out with a, a lower percentage of dosages and everybody got one shot and then they had to wait months to get a second shot. <clears throat> and uh, the older people that we're seeing here in Florida who come down for the winter, the snowbirds, they, for the most part, have had third doses and those who haven't are getting them quickly at Walgreens or CVS or coming to our office. And so we are seeing a, a, a big surge in the Canadian population that's only had two doses going in for a third. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. But, you know, they started out with the live attenuated virus, the J&J &J and the AstraZeneca, uh, which are good. And at the beginning, as I said, and you said, get whatever one you can get in your arm today. But that, that only gave about 60% or so uh, response, good response, whereas the 
mRNA vaccines, the Moderna and the uh, Pfizer were 95 percent. And now with the uh, with the Omicron, if you get a third shot or like me, a fourth shot, then you're going to have a, a much more robust uh, antibody level. And that will cut down on your chances of getting the Omicron. And if you do get it, it'll be mild. So we really don't know how many people are going to end up with the Omicron. Everybody's running out to get tested. I'm like, why bother? You know, this is this is craziness. We're out of tests. Why isn't the government getting more tests out? Why aren't there test kits available? Why doesn't Biden do something like Trump did with warp speed and do it for testing kits? <laughs> don't test. Go out and cough all over your neighbors. Let's <laughs> Let's spread this. Get it over with. If, if, if it's a lot less face, if it's a lot less fatal, yeah, you know that's a, probably a wise thing to do. That's and that's what's going to happen. I mean, you know, it's like Dr. Balthazar and I have said in the lunchroom: you can't stop this. You cannot stop humans from traveling, and that's been since the beginning of time. You know, the first big diaspora out of Africa was fifty thousand years ago. They made it all the way to Australia and into the Pacifica. So uh, you, you think about that. 50,000 years ago, people made it from, from uh, sub-Saharan Africa up around the Indian Ocean, down into India, across the archipelago, into Australia, got in canoes, paddled over to New Zealand, and worked their way out through the Pacific and populated all of the Pacific islands. That's pretty incredible. That's pretty incredible, my friend. It is, absolutely, when you think about the time period and what they had there. And if you think you're going to stop people from walking back and forth across the border in uh, rural China that's abutting uh, Vietnam or Laos or, or Cambodia or any of the countries there or uh, Siberia, I mean, you know, you've got a humongous border between China and Siberia and Russia. How are you going to stop people from going back and forth? Harbin in northeastern China was a Russian city for for. A long period of time and it's that's why it has a, that name harbin and it has russian looking structures there's onion dome buildings you think that there aren't people that have family in siberia and go back and forth certainly yeah all right so the theme for, as we go into the break here so the theme for this show is spread the omicron spread the omicron. <laughs> may the omicron be with you that's right with you too <laughs> a break here, bud. i'm dr bill i'll be right back With SRN News, I'm Jeremy House in Washington. A line of severe storms damaged homes, knocked out power, and downed trees in parts of the southern United States late Saturday into this morning. Authorities closed roads in Hazel Green, Alabama, after power lines came down and homes suffered damage. Investigators continue to look into the cause of a massive fire in a suburban area near Denver that burned neighborhoods to the ground and destroyed nearly 1,000 homes and other buildings. Three people are missing following the inferno that broke out Thursday. Mask requirements are returning in some school districts that had dropped them. Some are planning to vastly ramp up virus testing among students and staff. And a small number of school systems are switching to remote learning. Thousands of people in the capital of the Netherlands have defied a ban and gathered for a demonstration against the Dutch government's coronavirus lockdown measures. More details at srnews.com. 
Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of can care, 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser. Doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Copays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket cost a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi, 727-577-2220, 727-577-2220. In our workaday world, no one respects the office vending machine. And it's no wonder. Stale chips and crackers, cookies baked during the Bronze Age, and that three-year-old gray tuna sandwich, all subject to availability of three dimes, two nickels, and occasionally wampum beads. And yet, they sometimes refuse to fall. Come on! Enter TastyBot. Everything your vending machine is not. Fully customizable to vend what you want. Fresh, healthy snacks and beverages, including low-carb, vegan, and non-GMO. And TastyBot is monitored remotely, so when your 1 o'clock regular is gone, you don't have to make do for two weeks on turkey jerky. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Best of all, TastyBot takes cash, credit, and Android Apple Pay. No more bumming change from Biff and Accounting. You can keep your dignity. HR will sing your praises. TastyBot. Trouble-free vending, healthy choices at TastyBot.com. This is Hugh Hewitt for Town Hall Review. If you're like me, you want more than just facts. You want insight from people you trust. People like Dennis Prager, Michael Bedved, Larry Elder, Mike Gallagher, and, of course, me, your host each week on the Town Hall Review, a weekly roundup of the news. Tune in each week and visit our website at townhallreview.com. That's townhallreview.com. Listen to the Town Hall Weekend Review tonight at 11 on AM 860. The answer. AM 860, The Answer. Online at TheAnswerTampa.com. Odyssey. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. 
Today will be partly sunny, breezy, warm, and humid. High today, 81. Then partly cloudy tonight, becoming breezy late with a thunderstorm toward dawn and a low of 62. Noticeably cooler weather on the way tomorrow, breezy in the morning. Otherwise, plenty of sunshine and a high of 66. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Holly Holdren for AM860, The Answer. This is Dr. Bill. Got Ken with me today. We gave him last weekend off. I don't know why. <laughs> well, just wanted to be with the family for Christmas. Had a daughter in the town from oh, Chicago. Not about that family and Christmas and all that. <laughs> well, one of the kids at uh, one of the universities in China was complaining because they blocked down her university, and so she didn't get get to go home for the holidays. And, and she was complaining that it was very important to her to spend time with her family, but she had to spend time with her four or five roommates or whatever at her university. So could have been worse, kid. Could have been worse. Yeah. Well, well good so, to see everybody in the family. Though I'm glad yeah. they're all gone. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. Bye. <laughs> we had 25 people there for Christmas Eve. It was a crowd. Oh, my God. I know. We had two. <laughs> Next I, year, I'm coming to your house. <laughs> we had a very quiet Christmas and New Year's. New Year's Eve, we sat out in the driveway for a little bit with our fire pit. Oh, my God, we're having a crisis in the condominium association here and the homeowners association about fire pits. It's going to uh, turn into, uh, I think, open warfare. These, well, these there's are, always something with that group. It was a TVs not too long ago. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was a t- and now the, uh, the, the treasurer, he's pitching a fit because he doesn't like the president anymore and he doesn't like me. And so... Things that he's saying we were doing well on during the summer in meetings. Now he's saying, oh, no, we're upside down and we, we have to have more money in and we can't do this and we got to do that. And it's all Handelman and, and the president's <laughs> fault. And the, I'm like, oh, my God, this this just can't be true. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, all right. it's, time to move, Doc. It's time to move, baby. <laughs> Go back inside the gates. <laughs> <laughs> Keep them out. So this happened out in Long Beach. Over the weekend, a massive spill of raw sewage uh, on Friday went into the Long Beach Harbor. It was like uh, uh, 7.6 million to 15 million liters, two to four million gallons of raw sewage uh, leaked into the Dominguez Channel, which goes right into uh, Long Beach Harbor. Now, for those of you who haven't been out to California, Long Beach is a suburb of Los Angeles. And it's also the port city for L.A., and it's probably the, the biggest port city in the country, I think, by now. And uh, so people went there for their vacation for the holiday, and they couldn't go on the beach, and they couldn't uh, swim, and, you know, everybody's upset. And so the city's testing to see what's what's what. But I guess it was like a 48-inch sewer line that, that broke and spilled into the uh, – the, the canal, the channels, and if you've ever been out to California, you know a lot of the rivers are now encased in concrete. <laughs> they are, yeah. They are, and uh, it, it's it's fascinating to see. They'll have, you'll be going through the desert, and all of a sudden, there's a concrete river. It's a river full of water, but it's all concrete. So they trap all this stuff, and then they dole it out to here, there, and everywhere, and farmers, and cities, and all that. So Long Beach, uh, while we're worrying about Omicron, Long Beach is also worrying about poop in the water. So if you're thinking about going out to Long Beach, I'd wait a few weeks. 
I have no plans to go to California ever again. I've been there a couple of times and don't want to go back. No, I, I you know what? I don't either. I, uh, I, I love San Francisco. What a beautiful city. Uh, but, you know, it's just the last time I was there, Ken, there was feces on the street and you got on the bus and it smelled like urine and uh, needles and all this and bums everywhere. And like, what is going on here? I mean, this is this was like a gem of our country. And people are paying top dollar to live there. Uh, they're they're insane. Yeah. Now, you get down further in the middle of the coast, in the middle of the state, along, uh, you know, where um, San Luis Obispo is. That's very nice there. Oh, very beautiful. And, and San Diego is a beautiful city, but it's also being overrun by the bums and, and the uh, druggies and the, the crazy people. You know, especially with this virus, they opened the prison doors and let everybody out. Yeah. Why did they do that? You know why? They were afraid of mass spreading of COVID through the prisons. And they said, well, these are relatively uh, minor offenders. Non-violent we- offenders, I think they called them, don't they? Yeah, and uh, of course that's not true. But of course not. <laughs> they call them. That's what they call them exactly. But the murder rate's gone up, and the assault rate's gone up. And uh, what is violence? Is violence smash and grab? Is that violence? Or no, that's it... theft, isn't that burglary or theft? No, that doesn't even get rate. So if uh, violence is when you commit an act against another living being, right? I think I think, I think injury is necessary. Yeah. You need an aggravated aggravated assault, something like that, above that. Yeah, and so all these people are out now, and they don't have anywhere to go, and the government's giving them tents to to live on the beach. (laughs) Yeah. You know, this is craziness. This is – how how can you run a society like that? How can you function like that? You can't. There's a breakdown in in the order, and – they were so angry with Trump that even when he offered to help, they wouldn't take it. Just like the hospital ship he sent up to New York uh, at the height of the pandemic, they just refused to use it. I yeah, mean, what a waste. What, are you people crazy or what? It's all politics. It's just crazy. And, well, the, the amazing thing is, is that New Yorkers, for the most part, go along with this nonsense. <laughs> My niece and nephew-in-law, whatever the, the governor and the mayor says, they do. Absolutely. Yeah, but behind the scenes, they're selling their house and moving to Florida. Some are, but a lot of people are staying there. You know, they don't know anything else. And they, uh, if you're in an ethnic uh, subgroup like my niece and nephew-in-law, the, you know, even though they're Americans, they are Korean heritage, and they still eat Korean and, and uh, shop Korean and do all those things as well as American and they find a level of comfort because there's a big Korean community there. There's a huge Korean community in New York. New well, York. All, all the big northern cities are kind of like that. They all have their own little neighborhoods. Yeah, and it's hard to get people to break away from that. Especially when the extended family is there, you know, grandma's there and all that. Yeah, and then but eventually you'll see the, the grandkids and the great-grandkids, they'll start moving out. They'll say, you know, what am I doing here? This is... I don't care if I eat kimchi or pizza. I like That's, pizza. Yeah, they, they look at it and they say, we'll see you on uh, the computer, you know. We'll see you on Zoom. Yeah, and you can, I mean, you can stay connected with anybody anywhere in the world now with Zoom and FaceTime and and uh, even with Facebook, you know, you can set up a video conference with your friends and you can have a whole group join in. I, I don't know how long you can go. I think it's maybe an hour or two, but uh, there's obviously there are going to be some restrictions. But we're so connected now. 
I can talk to to people in in China instantaneously on WhatsApp. Do you know what that is? Sure. WhatsApp. I've never used it, but I know what it is. Yeah. I've got it. Uh, it's uh, it's it's kind of like a text and message uh, and file transfer program, and you can hook up with people from all over the world who have WhatsApp and who give you their share their phone number with you, and uh, you can you can actually talk to them by phone, but it's so hard for me to understand the Chinese uh, when they speak English, you know, especially if they're in one of the outlying provinces and they haven't had much contact with, with English-speaking uh, people. Uh, that I text with them, and, and we send pictures back and forth and uh, New Year's greetings and all that. And it's also a way to communicate with your vendors over there. So if you need some help, we bought an echo machine and we needed some help with that. And uh, they hooked me up with the engineer that's in charge of, uh, of the echo machines. And he told me what we were doing wrong and we fixed it and now everything works fine. But yeah, it's, we're so connected electronically. Can the Japanese, I mean, can the Chinese, not the Japanese, can the Chinese stop this interaction? How much, uh, uh, how much effect will it have? when I talk about our freedoms here to saleswomen in, in China, do they comprehend that? Do they, or is it, as one woman in China texted me and said, you know, it's a different way of looking at the world, Doc. We're, we're just a different culture and we look at the world differently. So I don't know if you're going to be able to break that, that cycle of uh, living under emperors and, and monarchs as the Chinese have for what? Maybe they feel safer like that. I mean, you know, they have a distinct order of life. And I think that's that's part of it. And I think a lot of people in Russia, you know, they felt better under communism. They felt better under the czar. They just felt better. They felt more secure. And they said, well, maybe we didn't have as much as we have now, but we certainly weren't uh, afraid. Uh, we thought that we would be protected and secure. And I can see coming out of World War II, after the beating the Russians took, how they would develop that. And, uh, and that's been the, the history of Russia since the inception of the, of the uh, state in Moscow, Muscovy, which was the initial little city-state that eventually took over a quarter of the world. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's uh, fascinating to see that people have that mindset uh, that national ethos, that enculturation that says, I'm safer under this system than I am under that system, from what I can see. Of course, they get a lot of false information, you know. They hear that we're having race riots and all this, and I mean, I didn't really see any big race riots this year. Neither did I, no. I mean, I saw s small groups of people stirring it up, and, uh, but I don't But not only we saw in the 70s and Watts and places like that. There weren't there, there were not gangs burning down the cities. Yeah, I mean there were some small groups that were burning stores and and causing havoc and uh, and we don't want any of that. I mean that's not a good thing. But a lot of them weren't even they weren't even like people of color. They were white kids, you know, <laughs> crazy white kids. <clears throat> and uh, you know even on the right this uh, shaman shaman shaman. I mean, he's not competent to stand trial. The guy's a manic depressive. You remember him? The guy. Oh, sure. He had the horns on, didn't he? He had the horns and the, uh, you know, the the long Indian-looking stuff, and he grabbed the flagpole and 
somebody said, oh, he's got a weapon. Like <laughs> <laughs> with a ball on top. Good luck. <clears throat> I don't think that's going to stop a bullet from one of the police in the in the Capitol. Well, but we did have uh, problems on both the left and the right. I think the the left was much more violent, uh, but a lot of these people are crazy. They're just they're psychiatrically disturbed. And how do you treat that? Well, you you got to lock them up. I mean, you got to make them take their medicines and get some order in their lives. <clears throat> and if you don't do that. And you let them out on the street, Ken, you're going to have chaos. So are we talking about more health care centers or more prisons? Which one? Or well, both? I think, I think we need, I think we need more, both. I think we need, I, I like the old system where we had state level and federal level psychiatric hospitals. Uh, but that got a bad rap in part because of, of the exposés that, that people like Geraldo Rivera did back in the 1960s, showing the, the mistreatment at some of the state institutions of, people who were retarded or uh, psychiatrically disturbed. Well, they're incredibly expensive, too. Yeah, it is. You know, I worked at uh, Jacaranda Nursing Home for two decades and uh, seeing patients there, and that's medical psychiatry. They're older people, demented people, but they're people with, with medical problems and psychiatric problems as well as just old age and dementia. And they had people from the state prisons who were no longer a threat, and the prisons couldn't take care of them because they were demented. And they were, you know, murderers, rapists, child ped- uh, molesters, pedophiles. And they ended up coming to Jacaranda, and we would take care of them. And we saw people with uh, all kinds of uh, neurologic diseases like Huntington's Korea. I mean, you rarely see that. And I saw five or six cases over there. That's what the uh, Arlo and Woody Guthrie have. That's what they. That's what Arlo died from. So it's basically a matter of taxpayers being willing to flip the bill. And and I think when it gets uncomfortable enough, when enough of these people are out on the streets and interfering with their day to day lives, then they're either going to move out of that area or they're going to demand that their state and federal governments do something. And I I guess you got to have a crisis in order to get people moving. You know, most of us are inert. If, if everything's okay, why go out and pitch a fit? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Why throw a fuss if, if you're, if you've got three hots in a cot and you got an led and uh, the, the uh, bowl games are on this weekend and the wife just brought home a case of beer. Do I need to go out and do anything? I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm happy that I got what I need. Go, by the way, honey, did you get the pizza on the way back? Yeah, but if you're tripping over crazy people on the street, then you got a different situation. Yeah. So. And, and we hear that, and we see that, and it certainly ruined our last experience when we went to San Francisco. Don't get me wrong, we still had fun. Uh, down on Fisherman's Wharf, there was still uh, relatively good areas where there weren't any bums and uh, restaurants and things to do, places to go. A lot there, a lot, and just a, a, a beautiful city and a beautiful setting. And But, my God, we are not interested in going back. <laughs> and that's too bad. That's too bad. I mean, I, the first time I went there, I was 10 or 11 years old, and I just fell in love with San Francisco, just absolutely positively. When we were leaving on the train coming back to Louisville, I was crying my eyes out. I just really did not want to leave. That's and, a beautiful city, yeah. 
it's a beautiful city. And, you know, back then the, the, the Marks was the hotel. And so if you went up to the top of the Marks, you had a great view of the city. Now, of course, they got much taller buildings. And that, that's been 50 or 60 years ago. I don't even know if the Marks is still there. It was there last time we were there. But <clears throat> just uh, so many things to do and so many things to see in that little town. It's pretty neat. Too bad. Too bad. And maybe this will be a stimulus for the people of California and San Francisco to get off their butts and do something. I just, I just, I can't fathom how you can let your city and your state slide that much. I mean, certainly we have resisted that here in Florida, and you've heard a, a few peeps out of some of the mayors that are liberal uh, criticizing our governor. But you know what, Ken? I think the guy's doing a great job. I yeah, mean, hey, I, I mean, considering what, what's happening in his personal life with his wife and everything. Give the guy some slack here. What's going on with his wife? I didn't know. She has, um, I think she has breast cancer. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. She's been fighting that, I think, for about a month or so. We, he told us about that. So he kind of disappeared for the last couple of days. He's been with her. And I'm give, give the guy some slack. Yeah. You know, and I mean, he's done a great job. We're in the black. We're, we're doing well financially. The state's staying uh, solvent, unlike other states that are struggling and coming to the federal government for handouts and uh we're, we're doing really well with the with the virus and the rollout of the vaccine and regeneron and all of these these medications and drugs that uh, have been so effective in fighting it and and as i've said all along our little hospital st petersburg general we had one of the lowest mortality rates of any hospital in in the state uh when it came to the COVID because of of the rapidity and the uh, um, the effectiveness of the treatments that we instituted in part because of our state government and their willingness to help us get everything we needed. I think Ron's got a real shot at um, the nomination if uh, former President Trump decides not to run. Yeah, and I don't know what Trump's going to do. He certainly looks like he's posturing to run again. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, he would certainly win the the primary. There's no doubt about that. How would he do in the general election? I don't know. I mean, I really don't. There's a lot of people that just hate his guts. And just because he's a showman, I mean, I don't know. My sister say, oh, you love him, Billy. You love him. I don't even know the guy. He's just a, you know, he's he's an actor <laughs> on the stage. You look I at like, his policies. I thought he did a fine job. His policies were great. And, and even Biden is continuing on with that and making... Uh, packs with the uh, the Japanese and here and there to shore up our defenses against the Chinese uh, incurring into that area and taking over the South China Sea. So uh, his his programs, I mean, they work. They work, Ken. Yeah, Doc. We got about thirty seconds left. We want to give the phone number to the office in case somebody needs your assistance. Absolutely, seven two seven three eight four six four one one seven two seven three eight four six four one one. We've got the rapid test. We're getting the uh, we're getting the uh, PCR test for the COVID. Uh, I've ordered that machine. I don't know if we're going to be able to get the reagents because they're in short supply. But we also have uh, both the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccine. Doesn't matter which one you get; they're the same. But some people think that, that you have to have the same thing that you got originally. You don't. All right, Doc, we'll see you next week, buddy. 
I love you guys. Thanks for being with us this weekend. And Happy New Year to everybody. Thank you for listening to Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at Can Care Clinic. 